Hello and welcome. Welcome back to the Connected Divergence podcast. My name is Tina Etheridge. I'm a radical ADHD and ADHD acceptance coach. And today I'm going to be talking to you about two tools that I like to use when I'm experiencing my inner critic or negative self-talk. And I was inspired to share this with you today because I just feel like in the last week I've had a lot of you know, distinct individuals, different people in different spaces tell me, oh my gosh, you're so gentle with your brain or that's such a compassionate approach or that's so, um, so self-compassionate or like, wow, you really don't beat yourself up much. Um, and it's true. I really don't. I really don't beat myself up. I, I don't have that negative internal dialogue. Not that I don't have it at all. But I've learned how to turn the volume way, way, way down on it and kind of like create space on the the stage of my brain for other voices to speak up and to be heard. And it wasn't always this way for me. My entire life has been shame and beating myself up to do things and shoulds and right these like judgments against myself and self-punishment. Oh my God, like so much self-punishment. And that's how I had learned how to motivate myself is, oh yeah, like let me beat myself up. Um, And if I do it enough, if I'm harsh enough with myself, then I'll get on the train or I'll finish that English essay or, you know, I'll get my work done at my job, right? Especially at my job, it was just 24-7 hypervigilance on how can I you know, avoid making mistakes to not disappoint this person? Or how can I, what am I missing? What am I forgetting? I, I'm surely going to screw something up. So how can I be extremely hypervigilant to try to, you know, avoid making mistakes and to receive disappointment? I mean, that was literally my whole life. I felt like for most of my life, I had the the biggest, loudest, nastiest inner critic. And it really was only in the last few years, not even that long ago, that I started to make changes in my brain and to communicate with myself very differently. And I was reflecting about it in the last couple days of like, what what are the things that I tend to do? Um, because they've kind of become unconscious now. I don't even necessarily directly explicitly think about them, but I was reflecting on that in the last couple days and I realized that there's actually two explicit and direct tools that I tend to use to support myself in being a little bit more gentle, being a little bit more kind to myself. And again, that sort of neural rewiring, the remapping of thinking and feeling differently. And I'm going to share those with you today. And overall, I think they're pretty accessible, but I would always encourage you to ask yourself, right, do what feels right for you, do what feels best for you, um, do what feels most accessible for your brain. And if something doesn't work or it doesn't feel right, trust your gut, trust yourself, trust your intuition. Um, My coach likes to say, fuck your coach. And I love that so much um, because that's really the truth, right? It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It matters how you feel and whether it works for you or it doesn't work for you. That's what's most important. So let's jump into it. The first tool is a tool that I use Not necessarily when I'm sitting down to journal or self-reflect, but more in these, you know, day-to-day moments when I'm moving about or I'm washing the dishes, making the bed, sitting down to work, 
you know, whatever, getting in my car, like whatever that looks like, these more micro moments. Um, and it's very, very simple. It's very, 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 very simple. When I begin to have these thoughts that are, oh, well, you only did half the sink of the dishes. Like you should have been able to do all of them or really like that's all you've done. Seriously, like you should be doing more whenever I'll have those thoughts pop into my brain. I will say the words either out loud or in my head. Ouch, that hurts. Ouch, that hurts. And these words, these three simple words are so powerful. Do not underestimate them. They are extremely powerful. And let me tell you why. For a lifetime, we have grown accustomed to beating ourselves up. It has become the norm, the standard, the day-to-day. It has become our, again, our default brain wiring. And we have grown to tolerate it. We have grown to accept it. Um, I don't know what other word to use besides normalize it, but like we've normalized it of like, yep, this is what I do. There's nothing wrong with this. And I'm sure we've all heard this, but it's this kind of way of thinking of like, well, I never talked to a friend like this. I would never talk to the person I love the most in the world like this. So why am I talking this way to myself? And, you know, we can hear that and be like, yeah, sounds great, but nothing really changes. But these words, saying these words out loud or in your brain, ouch, that hurts. What it does is it brings a point of awareness and recognition of like, wait, 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 wait. These pain, these words that I'm thinking, this thought pattern that I'm thinking is literally painful, right? Emotional pain, physical pain, they light up the same places in our brain. You know, when we have these negative um, thoughts about ourselves, this negative self-talk, it creates pain. It is emotionally painful. And for far too long, we have lived our lives without, without, stopping, right? With, with, with just kind of accepting and tolerating of like, yep, I'm going to beat myself up. I'm going to be really mean to myself. And, you know, because I need to be mean to myself because this is how I change. This is how I grow. This is how I do things differently. And the recognition and awareness, the speaking of the words, ouch, that hurts. What it does is it points out to ourselves, right? It literally points out to ourselves of, hey, remember, this is painful. Hey, remember, this hurts. And by, by doing this, we dissociate, right? This is a tool for dissociation and it's the best kind of dissociation, right? It has us take a step away. It is a distanced perspective. And oftentimes when I say to myself the words, ouch, that hurts, it will kind of do one of two things. It will either um, distance me enough for me to kind of like disrupt that thought and, you know, take those steps away from that thought and be like, oh yeah, it does hurt. All right. I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to engage in these thoughts. I'm not going to continue to light up this particular neural network. I'm going to stop myself right there and I'm going to go do something else. Um, again, on like the mental level, sometimes that happens. Other times that doesn't feel accessible for my brain, especially when my brain is in of a pretty tough state. But even if that's the case, right, even if I don't stop my engagement with this, you know, thought path, saying the words, ouch, that hurts, ouch, that hurts, it kind of adds a frame of view 
to the thoughts that follow, right? So even if you can't like, oh, yeah, I'm just not going to think these thoughts. Like (laughs) we can't always not think thoughts. That's kind of an unreasonable expectation. But even to put the, the lens, the view frame, I don't know what the word is, viewfinder of like, ouch, that, that hurts. It's almost like watching a movie screen and like the subtitle in like bright yellow is ouch, that hurts. It's like this reminder of like, okay, yeah, I can let myself engage in this thought, but like, remember what I want to remember that these thoughts are not, they're not me. They're not my authentic voice. They're not my, my more true and beautiful voice. They're not the voice that feels like home and safety and comfort. And that awareness alone is incredibly powerful when it comes to neuroplasticity and changing our, our patterns, changing our brain wiring, being more kind, more gentle, and more compassionate with ourselves. Okay, so that's tool number one. Ouch, that hurts. Tool number two is not something that I would typically do if I'm just kind of like going about my day. Um, tool number two is more of a tool for intentional, direct, explicit self-reflection and introspection. And the reason for this is that I usually write while I do this. It helps my brain to write. It helps my brain to have that, you know, a good kind of dissociation, that distance perspective on what's happening. And so when I'm writing, um, you know, again, I encourage you to do what feels most accessible for you and your brain, whether that's typing on your computer, typing on your notes app, um, typing a text message to yourself, or whether it's physically journaling, um, you do you. You do what feels best for your brain and that can change day to day, moment to moment. That's totally okay. Um, But what I like to do is I will first write out exactly how I'm feeling, right? Like literally exactly what I'm feeling. What do I fear is the truth? What am I worried about? What am I afraid of? What is the scary thing that I'm really afraid of is real. So like examples might be like, I am, you know, the belief that I'm not deserving or worthy of being loved or that I'm too much or I'm too needy or that delegating is a waste of time and it's um, that I could do it better than, you know, the person that I delegate to. Those are all possibilities just to give you some examples of like, what are, what is, you know, how you're feeling right now in this moment and like let your fears be spoken out loud through writing. Because a lot of times we'll be in this place of like, it's kind of floating around our brain, but we'll say, you know, unconsciously, subconsciously, we'll say, oh, but I shouldn't be having these thoughts. Oh, but I know better. Oh, but I shouldn't be thinking this way. I shouldn't be engaging with this. And that's enough resistance for us to not really plop those thoughts right in front of us so that we can actually look at them and see them for what they are. (laughs) These ugly little beasties. They're just They've just been hiding in our subconscious. So it helps to have it right smack dab plopped in front of us. Here it is. Here is my truth. Here is how I'm feeling. Here's what I'm worried about. And if you want to get, um, you know, this might not be accessible for you. It's usually not accessible for me. But if it feels supportive and helpful, you could write these particular thoughts in a different colored pen, right? Maybe a red color or black or Um, I don't know, a green color, whatever feels right for you, a certain color. And then step two, step two, there's kind of like two parts to this step, but step two, the first one is to look at those words that you've written. Look at this, this truth that you have spoken and ask yourself, what comes to mind when you look at these words? What does your gut tell you? 
And sometimes I will look at the words that I've written and I'll be like, oh my God, wait a minute. No, I know that's not true, (laughs) right? Like, no, this isn't even my belief or I know this is bullshit. Like I'll have that gut reaction sometimes of, oh, but I have this other belief and I remember this belief and um, I know that this fear isn't, isn't true. Like it's not going to come to, it's not going to come to reality. It's, it's not the belief that I actually hold, right? It's like this reminder of, oh yeah, I actually have another belief about this particular circumstance. And right, write if you'd like to in a different color pen, a pen that feels happy and joyful, um, but you don't have to. I usually don't, but you can write again. What do you want to remind yourself? What are the beliefs that you know to be true? What are, what is your gut telling you, Right. You can write all of that and writing it out is serve. It serves as a reminder, right? We're basically writing out this other neural network, right? Um, For how we, we want to feel, how we want to remember that we can feel. And we're giving our brains the opportunity to explore that and to enjoy it and to remember, oh yeah, this is what's possible. Oh yeah, you know, I can feel like this, this situation and that feels like home. It makes sense to me. It feels safe. And that can be really, really important. Now, other times we might look at the words on the page in front of us and say, like, you know, no gut reaction, no intuition, this feeling like, oh my God, wait, maybe it is true. Wait, oh my God, maybe it is true. I'm totally fucked. And in those moments, that's okay. Those moments are perfectly okay. And the words, the question that I like to ask myself to, to prompt, again, the use of a different neural network in my brain is the question, if I could feel any way, any possible way, if I could feel anything, how do I want to feel instead? So it's kind of this, this values and beliefs exploration of like, well, maybe, you know, maybe I don't have this like gut memory, gut reaction of like, oh yeah, I hold this belief. Haha, <laughs> brain, there it is, remember? But instead, we're we're doing more of the work to do this remapping, to do this neural networking, um, this neural rewiring to kind of like the beginning stages of forming these, these new pathways in our brain, right? And to do that, we have to start somewhere. And so if you're in this point where you're looking at the words and you're like, oh my God, what if it's true? Ask yourself, how do I want to feel instead? If I could feel anything, if I could feel any way about this, how do I want to feel instead? And so if you're someone who has said before, like, I don't really know what my values are. I don't really know what my beliefs are. This exercise is going to be so critical and so valuable for you. It's like trying on different hats, right? Trying on um, different shoes. And as you try them on, the more that you do, the more you're going to carve your way and figure out like, oh man, these shoes, these are so comfortable. They feel like home. They feel so safe and comforting and cozy. And I could wear these shoes all day long. I'm obsessed with these shoes. Like the more we explore, like what could be different? What could be possible? How could I feel instead? What would it be like? What would it be like if I felt instead? What would my decisions be if if I um, felt like this instead? How would I be showing up? How would I be feeling about myself if I held this belief instead? And I, I, I encourage you, right, to connect with your brain body wisdom, your nervous system wisdom, and notice if you hold a belief that's like, oh, I want to um, 
have the belief that I should just grind it out and stay at work even though I'm overstimulated and having a, you know, sensory meltdown. Like, I should just stick it out. Notice what the beliefs that you're exploring feel like in your nervous system. Because what we're going for here, right, we're going for the comfy shoes, not the painful high heels. (laughs) We're going for the comfy shoes, not the ones that are going to give us horrific blisters where we're bleeding as we're walking. And so notice the beliefs that you explore, what we're going for here, where you find value alignment and belief alignment is the things that you write about that you're like, wow, this feels like home. This feels like safety. This feels like peace. This feels like comfort. This feels like relief, right? Not tension, not tightness, but ease and relief and like your shoulders can drop. That is the feeling that we're working to explore here. What feels like ease? And so, yes, this question of if you could feel any way at all, how would you want to feel instead? This is a super powerful tool to, you know, especially when you're in the beginning phases and the beginning stages of um, this neural rewiring of your neural networks. And if you don't know what I mean by that, just to clarify, what I mean by these neural networks is like, okay, so let's say um, you, I, have a fear of public speaking because I totally do. Um, I have a lifetime of memories of experiences of this particular pathway in my brain, right? It's like a default. It's like automatic I think about public speaking and my chest gets tight and my heart rate starts going up and I feel tense and my shoulders bunch up. I feel, I think about, you know, walking onto a stage and I feel the thundering in my chest. That for me has been a default pathway, a a neural network in my brain. And this neural network has all of these memories, all of these particular feelings, all of these particular associations with it. You know, I think public speaking and I go, boop, I go right there, right to that place. And so neural um, rewiring when it comes to neuroplasticity is creating new associations in our brain. And so, right, my brain knows what it feels like to feel peace, to feel comfort, to feel safety, Um, right? I have those moments when I'm in my bed with my dog. And I have those moments when I'm working on my diamond painting and listening to an audiobook and having like the best time ever. So those are also neural networks in my brain, right? I have um, ones for confidence when I'm feeling like a badass. I have, you know, all of these other neural networks in my brain, these other experiences, memories, emotions in my brain. And neuroplasticity, this rewiring that I'm talking about is making associations and new connections, right? So when I think about walking onto a stage and public speaking, I can practice the thought of like, what would it be like? What would it feel like if I walked on that stage and I felt like a fucking badass? Or what would it feel like if I walked onto that stage and I carried with me the sense and support and comfort of like what my body feels like when I'm cuddling with my dog, right? that carrying that with me, I'm like, I already feel better. (laughs) I literally already feel better just talking about that out loud. I'm like, oh yeah, I can totally, yeah, let me go step on a stage right now. I could totally do this. Um, But that's what I'm talking about when it comes to 
neuroplasticity and rewiring our brains is right. We have these sort of like default pathways of, oh, public speaking, bad, fear, terror, panic, um, all of that. And but what we can do is we can say, okay, but what about public speaking? Like, oh, but what if it felt fun? And what if I was excited? And what if I, again, carried the body sensation with me of cuddling with my dog as I'm walking onto the stage? How would that be different? How would that feel different? All of this is neuroplasticity. And so when we're talking about negative self-talk and changing this particular part of our brains, being more kind and gentle and compassionate with ourselves, the same principle applies. So if we're going to do this, we can't just say, oh yeah, I just need to be kind to myself. I just need to be nice to myself. We have to back that with like real life action. So whether that's thinking, ouch, that hurts, right? That would be, that's a great, super accessible strategy. Um, It's a dissociative, again, dissociative in the best way. Or whether that's sitting down and taking time to write, here's how I feel right now. And if I could feel any way at all, how do I want to feel instead? You know, that action is lighting up these different neural networks in our brain, right? The ones of like ease and peace and comfort and safety and bringing them to these tense moments so that tension can become ease. So that's what I'm talking about, just to give some context, (laughs) some context and background and understanding of of the kind of underlying principles that I'm going for here. And, And this is the work that I've really been trained on as a coach is when it comes to the unconscious mind and neuroplasticity. Okay, I could go on. I will stop now. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate all of the messages and the emails that I've gotten from you all. Um, Thank you for the love for the podcast. It's been truly a joy and I'm very, very humbled and honored and glad to be able to share um, these nuggets with you and I'm so glad that they've been helpful. I will see you next week and if you try these strategies out and um, just tell me, you know, I'd be happy. I'd love to receive that. Tell me how it feels. Tell me how it feels in your brain and let me know if you notice any shifts in your brain. All right, take care. I will see you next week. Bye.